Happy Thanksgiving, Washington Nationals fans. You know, this is actually a show that I am truly looking forward to because I love shtick. And here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to assign some of your favorite Washington Nationals players currently on the roster to a Thanksgiving food item. I have turkey, sweet potato casseroles, mashed potatoes, stuffing, pumpkin pie, and Brussels sprouts. I'm going to assign each player to that food and kind of what they represent for that food. Also, I'm going to start off the show for three things that I am very thankful for as a Washington Nationals fan. We're going to get into all of that right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And again, thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And as I was saying before this, before the intro, that this is going to be a fun show with a lot of good Thanksgiving shtick. But then also, with all of that, there is going to be some great Nationals content in this. And I hope to provide you kind of a nice little picture of my little brain and kind of how I think about things. And so what don't you love about Thanksgiving? One, the food. Let's be honest, the food. And maybe I'm a jerk for saying that because it's Thanksgiving. You're supposed to be thankful. And I get that. I am thankful. But come on, we all want the food. That's what we want here. And I can't wait to dive into this later today. I'm going to have a Thanksgiving feast as I hope you guys as well are listening to this and maybe sitting around listening to some locked on nationals, your team every day. It'll be a fun show. So I'm going to get into some things that I am thankful for with the Washington nationals. First things first, trading away Juan Soto. You may ask, what do you mean? What are you talking about? This is off to a terrible start. You're right. You may think differently with that. But here, let's take a seat. Let's take a step back and take a seat. We know that Juan Soto would have walked in three years from now or two years from now. You know it. I know it. It sucks to admit it, too. But let's just be honest. We've seen this. I've read this book before. Word per word. We've read this. We know what this superstar was going to do. Juan Soto, one of the game's brightest young stars in the history of the game. You're telling me that with his agent, Scott Boris, who, if you're under his clientele, Guess what? You're going to be getting top dollar wherever you go. You don't think Juan Soto is going to walk to either the Los Angeles Dodgers, the New York Yankees, the New York Mets, the San Diego Padres, even the Giants. Guys, we were going to get outbid for him no matter what. And you know what? The best time to trade Juan Soto was yesterday. That's an analogy, meaning his value 
was higher than it was right now. At this past deadline, it was the highest that it could have been. If you traded him this offseason, maybe you don't get Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, or one of those two guys. Those are two key guys to a rebuild. So the time to trade Juan Soto was never a great time, but the best time to trade him was yesterday, meaning at the July 2022 deadline. And we did just that in the haul that we got back. I can't say it enough. I love it. This revamped our rebuild for years. It jumped the rebuild by about two to three years, in my opinion. Seriously. If we weren't going to hit on some of our picks, I think you could make an argument that that trade alone set a foundation for what's to come in the future for the Washington Nationals here in D.C. And I stand by that, and I am thankful for it. It sucks, but we had to rip the Band-Aid off now because when he walked in free agency, which I still do think he would have done, it would have stung a lot worse. So much worse. And now on my second item. This is something that's a little out of left field, but hear me out on this. I'm thankful for Nationals Park. Yes, the stadium. I think people sleep on Nationals Park and just how nice it is, to be honest with you. Yes, I could do without the parking garage out in left field that blocks a pretty nice view. But I think Nationals Park is honestly a beautiful park, and I think people don't talk about it enough. It's really kind of aged well over time. And some people are like, oh, well, I hate the pipes that stick around in the concourse up in the ceiling. They could do better than that. Plus, there's no natural lighting in the concourse. Whatever. I think the stadium itself is actually very nice. I think it's something to where we can actually enjoy going to. That's a fun environment to go to. Because, listen, if you're a Commanders fan like I am, you go to that FedEx field dump. And you're trying to tell me Nationals Park isn't miles better than what FedEx Field is, you're insane. I think Nationals Park is honestly a top 12 park. And some people say, well, that's not that impressive. It kind of is when you think about it. There's a lot of nice parks out there. Fenway, Wrigley, uh, Camden Yards, Yankee Stadium, Oracle. There's a lot of nice ballparks out there. And I think Nationals Park, it's not up there with those. You know, they're in their own little category. But as far as just a nice game to go watch a good team, usually, it's a fun experience. I think Nationals Park is a lot of fun. I think it's a beautiful ballpark. with and It has pretty decent views, really. You can kind of see the top of the Washington Monument. You used to be able to see the full Capitol. That was really cool. But yeah, it's been watered down a little bit as the neighborhood around it has grown. But it also has made that part a fun experience with all the bars you can go to, catch a couple beers before the game, eat a meal before. And plus, I think the food at National Park is pretty good. <laughs> and yes, I am thankful for that. Some people were asking, well, why would you be thankful for a stadium? I'm a stadium guy. I love stadiums and specifically, I love ballparks. So to see that in Nationals Park, I love it. I love Nationals Park. It is my home to where I will sit there on a 100-degree day, 1 o'clock Saturday game in the middle of June or July, whatever it gets 100 degrees out. I will do that, and I will get a sunburn any day for Nationals Park. Third, president of baseball operations, 
Mike Rizzo. And I deserve this. And he deserves this as well. Because I sometimes he catches flack, a lot of flack for me. For his maybe his recent drafts and some other mistakes that he has done. But I truly think that this guy is someone we should be thankful for. And really, he is the cornerstone of this organization and why we were so successful throughout the 2010 period that we were. He is the guy who built that 2019 team. He was the guy who signed Estrubal Cabrera. He was the guy who extended Howie Kendrick. Those are the guys that he made it happen. And I think people don't talk about that enough, and including myself, because now it's easy to bag on him because we were just the worst team in baseball. And why is that? I credit a lot of that to poor drafting within the organization. But hey, you have to give the guy credit. He put together a World Series team. That is not something that lasts for only 10 years. That is forever. That is all I needed. That's how complacent I was. I just needed one World Series and I'm good. Now, with that being said, after I got one, now I want two. When I want two, I'm going to want three as well. So, yeah. But I am thankful for that first World Series. It was something that means so much to me. Everyone remembers where you were on Game 7 of the World Series. We all do. We all remember where we were for the 2019 Wild Card game. We all remember all of that run. And he is the one responsible for that. And really, lo and behold, the whole decade of dominance that we had, really, throughout that entire time from 2012 all the way through 2019. Tip your cap to Mike Rizzo as he has not been getting a lot of thank yous from a lot of people lately, including myself, but he deserves this on Thanksgiving. But I'm going to get into my player food evaluations and kind of just pinpoint what player belongs on which Thanksgiving food. And I think this is going to be really interesting. And I will say there is a Brussels sprout, sprouts category in this because Brussels sprouts are a Thanksgiving meal after all. And that category will have some names that you may want to stay away from. But then also the rest of those foods will have some good bright spots, something that you will want to dive into. And I'm going to get into all of that. But before, I'm going to tell you about my friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all on BetOnline.net. Here's what I'm going to do, guys. I was telling you about how I know nothing about soccer, but the FIFA World Cup is on. There's games when I wake up in the morning. There's games when we're asleep at night. And I kind of like to splash a little money on those games. I don't know a lick about soccer. But guess what? The professionals at betonline.net, they have me covered as they will for you. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And you can head to the on, to, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And now... We are back into the show, and I'm going to be assigning players their Thanksgiving food item. This is going to be a fun exercise, in my opinion. It was something that, honestly, I was proud of myself for coming up with this idea. Maybe someone has come up with this before, but 
I truly just got this from my little brain that I have. And I'm proud of myself for it. And so we're going to get started with the turkey. Who is the turkey for the Washington Nationals? Who will you have your eyes on when that turkey is coming out of the oven? Meaning, who will you have your eyes on for the 23 Washington Nationals roster? Who will you want to keep seeing and progressing as time goes on? I got a couple players here on this list, but we're going to start off with Mr. C.J. Abrams himself. Again, the future shortstop. Some people would argue that he's the cornerstone for your franchise. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't see that. But I have my eyes on C.J. Abrams. What he's going to have to do for this Washington Nationals team, he's going to have to step it up. He's going to have to take his game to a whole different level if this Nationals team will be successful in 2023. He really will. And I do think that he takes that next step. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be an uh, MVP candidate here, but I think the 22-year-old will take a big step up coming into the season after getting his feet wet in the major leagues this past year. It's not going to click overnight. It won't. But you see the athleticism that he has playing the shortstop position. You see his bat that continues to improve as time goes on. You just truly see all of that. And that part, I will have my eyes on. Someone else, Josiah Gray. Josiah Gray has kind of had a rough year and a half for the Washington Nationals in the major leagues, but that's all right. It's perfectly okay with that. Reason why you say that? Because he's got the stuff. Someone who I trust tremendously. Just talking about him the other day, and he's just got the stuff. He's got the pitches. He's got the put-away pitches. He's got the stuff to put it together. He just needs to stop missing in key situations to where he led all of MLB in home runs this past season. He's got to get away from that because that's only one pitch when you really think about it. And some people are like, well, that, that's all it takes is one pitch to change a whole ball game. Yes, I get it. But when it's a young pitcher doing this, someone who still has time and maturity left in him to grow and take advantage of these opportunities, my eyes are going to be set on Josiah Gray because this third year will be critical for him. And it'll really kind of set the tone for what you and I think about him moving forward. Will he be that ace that some people thought he could be? Or will he be a middle of the rotation guy to where you will be able to rely on him every five days moving forward? And that is a question that we will have answered this season. Next on the turkey list for me, Kiber Ruiz. Kiber Ruiz, I personally love this guy. He is someone who I think even had a great year this past season. Behind the dish, he's incredible. The arm that he has, in my opinion, the blocking ability, the way he calls games. He has. There's a lot of trust behind there with the pitchers. They talk about it. When you have Kiber Ruiz back there, he's kind of the great wall of Washington, D.C. He is. And not only that, I think he's got a lot to provide up at the plate. This is someone who didn't really, you didn't get to see it as much last year, but he does have power. And he started to click it a little bit in that second half stretch. But then before he had a, uh, a groin injury, we'll just call it as that for now. And this is something to where I truly see him taking a step up this year and really just becoming the cream of the crop for this Washington Nationals team. That's how high I am 
on Kiber Ruiz. And that's not everyone. And that's all right. He's not for everyone. Turkey's not for everyone. But Kiber Ruiz, I think, is someone I'm going to have my eyes on. And I will be paying very, very close attention to him this upcoming season. Because truly, I think some people I've seen talk about how he could be better. And he can be. He can be. But man, oh man, the talent is there for him. He's got it defensively. I think he's already among some of the better catchers in the game as far as defense goes. And once he takes a step back and you start seeing this power and we get guys on base for him to drive in, I think you will love this guy moving forward. As well on my turkey list, Mackenzie Gore, former top 10 pick. Out of high school, San Diego Padres guy started off this past season with San Diego and was lights out for his first seven starts or so. Again, someone who was a highly touted prospect. You're going to have your eyes on him. He was shut down for an elbow contusion with the Nationals. He, If you had about another few days of the season left, I would have bet that we would have been able to see him. But hey, they played it on the safe side with him and for a great reason, by the way. You don't want to rush it with Mackenzie Gore. We don't need him this past. We didn't need him this past season. We didn't. It would have been nice to see him just to kind of get a glimpse of what he can provide moving forward. But truly, we don't need to see him. We didn't. And that's just fine. I think this next season will be a huge coming out party for Mackenzie Gore because truly, he is one of the best left-handed pitchers in the game this past season for that stretch of games. He was dominant for the Padres as a, at a young age, too. Someone who's got a lot of potential to even take a next step up. I wouldn't be surprised if you're coming, if you're talking a year from now about the 2023 season and you're saying Mackenzie Gore was the best pitcher on this team. I would not be surprised on that at all. Even more so than a guy like the next guy I'm going to name here, Cade Cavalli. Cade Cavalli is someone who, again, was kind of the Nationals' jewel prize possession of this franchise before we made that trade for Juan Soto and before we drafted Brady House, before we drafted uh, Elijah Green as well. This is someone to where we're going to be able to rely on. He has exciting stuff. You see him coming out of the oven. You see that turkey coming out of the oven. You get excited for it. You see the juices flowing. Cade Cavalli has the juices flowing for him. He's kind of an exciting player. He's an interesting character. He cuts people's hair. And guess what? He cuts you up in the batter's box as well with that 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Who doesn't want to see that? Come on. We all want to see it. Let's be honest. We all want to see that. And I'm going to get into my rest with the mashed potatoes, the sweet potatoes, the Brussels sprouts, and as well, the pumpkin pie. But before that, thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Now back into the show where we are discussing some of our Thanksgiving meals. And let's get into the mashed potatoes. The mashed potatoes is kind of something to where you can stay consistent with. You can go to the mashed potatoes because, hey, it's mashed potatoes. Come on. If you don't like mashed potatoes, what are we doing? 
Just what are we doing? It's consistent. It's hard to mess up mashed potatoes. If it's dry, whatever, it's still pretty good. If it's too saucy for you, too buttery, that's fine. You can deal with it. You can take some of that butter out and strain it out. It's fine. So my mashed potatoes, first off, Kyle Finnegan. I think someone like Kyle Finnegan out of the bullpen is super reliable, and I truly think that he takes this next step up this coming season and potentially becomes the closer for the Washington Nationals. I truly do believe that. And I think he does take that next step up. Now for my next player, Hunter Harvey. Some people are like, whoa, but I think Hunter Harvey, a lot of people sleep on. This is someone who could be a legit setup man. If not even that, maybe even a closer. He's got that kind of stuff. He impressed me wildly this past season. I would make the argument that he was one of the better arms out of the bullpen this past season. Someone who was a first-round pick from the Baltimore Orioles back in the day. Came here to Washington, D.C. after kind of fluttering out with the O's. You get him here, and he was a beast out of the bullpen. A monster. Like the long hair. He's kind of got a stash going from time to time as well. Kind of cool and relaxed out there. He's your mashed potatoes as long as he stays that way. But I truly do think he has the stuff to be that consistent, steady presence out of the Washington Nationals bullpen moving forward. Now time to the sweet potato casserole, which is my personal favorite, which is, hey, you may not like a sweet potato casserole, which is fine, but I love a sweet potato casserole, and this is going to be the sweet stuff that you may want to watch this this one could be the sweet surprise you don't think of us obviously sweet is in the name sweet potato but when you look at it you're not thinking this is going to be sweet but it might just be mason thompson i think mason thompson again out of the bullpen you didn't really see him too much this past season he was up and down from triple a rochester up until the major leagues but when you saw him he made a difference. I think he is going to be a mainstay for this bullpen moving forward. You're not going to see him going back and forth from Rochester. If we, if he is, we got other issues to deal with. But I think him truly taking command of what he can do is a big step forward. And I could see that happening. I truly do with Mason Thompson. I remember the former host, the first show I came on with, Josh Neighbors. We talked about this and Mason Thompson and why he isn't pitching. We don't know. We still don't know till this day. But he will be a mainstay, and he's going to be that sweet, nice touch that you are looking for out of the bullpen. Now, we got the Brussels sprouts. Let's be honest. You may like Brussels sprouts. I kind of like Brussels sprouts, but they get a bad rap. We know it. You don't, you're, you're looking beyond that. You're looking for the stuffing. You're looking for the mac and cheese, the mashed potatoes, whatever. Let's get to the Brussels sprouts here. And I'm going to start off with Patrick Corbin. You don't want to see him out there. At this point, is there really hope that he can bounce back? The bounce back that we're looking for is hope to God he has his ERA under a five. That's what you're hoping for. That's the bounce back that we should be expecting. If you're expecting him to look like 2019 Patrick Corbin, Get out of here. I'm sorry. It's just, it is what it is. You're not seeing it from him. And you're just going to kind of look past him. You're just going to want to put your blindfold on 
and you're going to hope and pray that 2024 gets here soon enough because that's when his contract expires after that season. And man, oh man, we can't wait. Now for the next Brussels sprout, Steven Strasburg. Oh, and this, this hurts. This hurts. I don't want to say this. I love Steven Strasburg. I was just talking about how we could potentially put a statue out there for number 37 and what he's done. But let's be honest. We're looking past it. He's got this massive contract that we continue to pay, that we have to pay. We can't cut loose from him or else we'll still have to pay it. There's no outs for us. He is a Washington national for a long time, and we're paying him big bucks to not really pitch that much. And he's not even sure about his future. He doesn't even know. And that's unfortunate. So I can't really talk too much about this. If we see him out there, and if he's healthy, then I think he's going to be good. But really, the whole point of this is to where I just don't think he will be healthy. There's nothing, there's no signs pointing towards for myself to believe in that. All the reporting that's been done, the story that Jesse Doherty did back in September, talking to Steven Strasburg, he said it himself. He doesn't know what the future holds for himself, and that's sad. All right, my last Brussels sprout before we end on some lighter notes. Victor Robles. Victor, you were a gold glove finalist. You were. You played great defense over and over again. We love your defense. We love to see you lay out for balls. We love to see you save save some runs in the outfield. We love it. We love it. But man, oh man, you just have to be in a not even above average hitter. You just have to be an average hitter, and you are not even that. So we have to look past you with this. The time has kind of come for him. It's kind of, Reality has set in. He's not going to be that five-tool guy that we thought he could potentially be. He's just not that guy. So we're going to be looking past him. And, you know, he's going to play great defense, just like kind of Brussels sprouts are. They're going to play good defense. It's going to be good for your health and all that. But at the end of the day, you can't hit. You're not going to make me happy. I'm going to eat you because I want to eat you because it's healthy for me. And it's good to have good defense. But I want that little sweet tang to it. And you just don't have that right now. And that's unfortunate. Now, for again, one of my favorite dishes, the stuffing. This is kind of something to where it is boom or bust. And what I mean by that, the stuffing, it's either dry, it's either just not that good, or it's moist. It's boom, and it's you love it. You love that stuffing, how it's moist and everything, and every, all the flavor together. You love it. To start off with that, Joey Manessis. Joey Manessis coming off one of the, I mean, he was one of the game's best hitters from August 2nd through all the way until the end of the regular season. No denying that. You can pull up any stat. Joey Manessis compares to him. Minus Aaron Judge and maybe even Albert Pools for the run that he was going on. Joey Manessis, you could make the argument he was one of the better hitters in baseball in this past season. And he, it, the story, the story of Joey Manessis and how he just made it to the major leagues at the ripe age of over 30 years old. Guys, the boom or bust is there. He's either going to be great or not so great. We'll see on that. Left fielder. Lane Thomas, boom or bust. Again, 
I love the trade for Lane Thomas. and I'm still not giving up on him just yet of being an everyday left fielder. But you saw it in the first half of the season. He was slow. He started off slow in a big slump. And he's a good fielder. He runs the bases well. The potential is there. He's got power. And then in the second half, you really saw it come together where he was booming. Business was booming for him. You saw it. We loved it. And I think that Lane Thomas is someone who could be a boomer bust. And if he's booming, watch out because I truly think he could be an everyday major league left fielder if he plays the way that we've seen him play for a longer stretch of time. That's the key to this. It's consistency for Lane Thomas. Now, my last one, Luis Garcia. You saw him, some of the power at second base. When he was at shortstop, it wasn't it. He's not a shortstop in the big leagues. He's just not. But over at second base, someone who has a little bit of power to him, has got a little bit of swagger to him as well, kind of a little bit of a shorter guy, I like it. And he is a boomer bust guy. This is someone who was well thought of across Major League Baseball when he was called up during that COVID season. At a young age of 20 years old, playing in the Major League, starting games, really hitting balls. He was hitting well, too. But last year, you saw a lot of up and down in his play when he was called up. The power can be there sometimes. The hitting potential can be there, but he needs patience. You need to let him see balls through see strikes, see the strike zone better, and I think he will be just fine. Now for the dessert, the pumpkin pie, something that's so sweet, something that you should just be thankful for. President of Baseball Operations, Mike Rizzo. And some people are like, oh, he's not a player. I know, but he is the one that constructs this team. He is the one that puts the pieces together. He fills out the puzzle and he fills the holes in the right way. And some people are like, well, he's not spending money. That's not on him. I'm sure he would love to spend money on every single player that he could. Aaron Judge, give him a call. He would love that. He would love to do that. There's no one more in this game that would love that more than himself. Now, it's... He's just the sweet stuff. And I was getting in this earlier today, and this will kind of wrap up our show. I'm hard on Mike Rizzo sometimes, but it's tough love. You still love the guy. He's still one of the game's best executives in the game. He's a great talent evaluator. He seems to always win trades, which is an exciting thing when you trade someone like Juan Soto and you get all of that back in return. So be thankful for president of baseball operations for the Washington Nationals, Mike Rizzo. He is that nice little sweet touch that we have as Nationals fans, and you should not be taking that guy for granted whatsoever. So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. That'll do it for today, everybody. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you eat all the food. And if not, enjoy some football today. Enjoy whatever you want to do. Make it about yourself and as well as your family and friends and whoever you may be around. You just enjoy the day and go Nationals.